Welcome to the Unity of the Valley Spiritual Center podcast featuring Reverend Dahlia Adams. You may visit us online at unityvacaville.org or you may visit us in person at 350 North Orchard Avenue in Vacaville, California. And now, here is Reverend Dahlia Adams. Welcome. It is my honor and my pleasure to be here with you today. This is 2023, 2023, and this year we've been focusing on the question, how shall we live? If we come to know that divine spark that lives through us and as us, or in other languaging, if we come to know ourselves as children of God, how shall we live? If you wake up in the morning and look in the mirror and you see a child of God, how do you move through your day? So those are the types of questions we're looking at. And recently we've been talking about perceptions and and praying for right perception or opening to right perception. And perceptions And thinking blend right into each other, and thinking is a very important thing we do through each day. So today I want to talk about the space between our thoughts. And that's such a precious thing, and yet oftentimes we don't give it a thought. We don't notice it. We don't pay attention to it. But to create or to become aware of the space between our thoughts is really game-changing. It, it makes everything different, and it can be so very powerful. In unity, we have five basic principles that summarize many of our teachings, and unity's third basic principle, and these principles can be expressed in different ways. There's not one way to memorize them, but some of the ways that the third basic principle is expressed, one is thoughts have a creative power. Or more informally, our thoughts create a reality. Another way this basic, third basic principle is expressed is what we think about increases. What we focus our thoughts and attention on grows, and that which we ignore or do not pay attention to, do not think about, tends to diminish. So thoughts, according to the spiritual teachings of unity, are very, very central to how we live. The thoughts we choose to think, the thoughts that we think without being conscious of them, the thoughts that happen automatically, all of those thoughts have a huge impact on the life that we create. Our co-founder Charles Fillmore wrote, Thought force is a great and mighty power. He also wrote that thinking 
is your creative center. And in and through this one power, you establish your consciousness and you build your world. The consciousness we live in or live from creates our world. So again, it just gives a hint about how important, how powerful, how creative our thinking is. And so we hold that and we elevate thoughts and hold them up as something central to the way we choose to live our lives. And then there's the other side of the coin. There's a man named Michael Singer. He's an author. He's written several books. His first one, The Untethered Soul, was a, a bestseller. And at Unity of the Valley, we've enjoyed reading it together. But in that book, he wrote, in case you haven't noticed, you have a mental dialogue going on inside your head that never stops. It just keeps going and going, kind of like that bunny that's on TV sometimes, right? And when he says mental dialogue, those are thoughts that go through our head, and we experience them sometimes as a dialogue. Michael Singer continues, he goes, if you're willing to be objective and watch all of your thoughts, you will see that the vast majority of them have no relevance. Hmm. So on the one hand, these thoughts are very powerful. They are our creative center. And out of these thoughts, we create our world. And then here's a spiritual teacher that says, if you really pay attention to your thoughts, most of them are pretty worthless. They're not relevant. They don't pertain to anything. So that's a conundrum. Are we creating our world when we spend day after day after day thinking over and over and over again the same irrelevant thoughts? Was I supposed to go to the dry cleaner and pick up? Well, that's stupid. Why should I be the one picking up the dry cleaning? It's not my dry cleaning. Well, oh, and I forgot to get gas. If I would have gone pick up the dry cleaning, the gas, oh gosh, I wonder if I have enough gas to make it home tonight. Well, Dagnabbit, why am I picking up his dry cleaning when it's his? Did I pick it up or not? Oh, tonight that TV show is going to be on. I have to remember to... I don't know if you ever live in that consciousness, but we could spend many hours a day, and I could think those exact same thoughts almost in that exact sequence 40 minutes from now. Am I creating my world through these thoughts? Or am I missing an opportunity to create what is my deepest desire? What is the deepest desire of my heart? Am I missing an opportunity to allow myself to think about what really, really matters to me and allow myself to create that which my heart desires? 
And if I'm missing the opportunity to create that which my heart loves, am I then creating a lesser reality, lesser only because it's not the deepest desire of my heart? That I have no objection to dry cleaners, but it might not be what my heart wishes for the most. There's another author called Dan Harris. He wrote a book called 10% Happier, and it's his story of becoming immersed in a meditation practice. He's fairly irreverent, and his language for some people would be offensive. And he wanted to title his book, The Voice in My Head is a Blankety-Blank. Use your imagination. But it's a word that is not complementary to the voice in his head. He also said, the voice in my head often runs amok. And that's what he was referring to, that inner dialogue that repeats itself, go round and round and round and has unfinished ideas, irrelevant ideas. I am not going to care five years from now whether or not I picked up the dry cleaning. It just doesn't matter. And so he writes about this in his book and his becoming immersed in a meditation practice, a mindfulness meditation practice, allowed him to channel his thoughts in a way that they helped create for him the health he wanted, the mindset he wanted, the circumstances that were aligned with the desires that he had. We deal, according to Buddhist teaching, we deal with a mind that left to its own devices is described by Buddhist teachers as monkey mind. It's a mind that's unsettled, a mind that is restless, whimsical, not necessarily logical, jumps from one thing to another. It's a mind that tends to be confused, indecisive, uncontrollable, and the list goes on. And I've heard different stories of where this monkey mind naming of our default way of thinking comes from. And one, one story I've heard, and I've heard this one the most often, and it makes sense, that monkeys often swing from one branch of a tree to another and then to another tree. And it describes the way our default thinking our monkey mind, the way the thoughts move from one thing to another to another and then back to the original branch and then to another in another direction. And so it goes, monkey mind. But I've also heard a story, and I don't know if this is true, that monkey mind came from that, but once upon a time, there was a, a master, a teacher, a spiritual teacher, and he had with him his students, his devotees. And one of his students came to him and said, I don't understand 
I don't understand how to quiet this mind. I sit down, I try to meditate, and it goes all over the place. And the teacher told his student the story that there was another student like him. And that student's teacher was also trying to <clears throat> help his student with quieting and calming his mind. And he told him about that that master gave to his student a monkey. But it was a magic monkey. It could do just about anything that the student wanted the monkey to do. The student asked the monkey to, to build a little house, and the monkey got busy, got resourceful, got good ideas, and built that little house. And the student looked at it and said, hmm, he goes, and now would you build me a mansion? And sure enough, that little monkey got busy and gathered resources, gathered help, and pretty soon there was a mansion built for the student. And the student said, hmm, could you make a feast for me for dinner tonight? And the monkey gathered up everything that was needed and created this beautiful feast for the student. And life would have been perfect because it seemed like this little monkey could do just about anything until the student wanted some downtime, wanted to sit quietly. And the monkey wouldn't shut up. It said, okay, now what do you want me to do? I could do this for you. I could do that for you. Or maybe I could... And he'd say, be quiet. And then the monkey would be quiet for a few seconds and say, well, you know, I could take you on a trip. I could show you places. And, and the, when the student wanted to sleep at night, the monkey kept waking him up with other things that this monkey could do for him. Or maybe saying, you know, when I built that little house, I did it wrong. I could build you a new one with all those mistakes corrected. And the exhausted student went back to his master. He goes, teach me how to make this monkey stop. And the master says, you cannot stop this monkey. It is absolutely not possible to stop this monkey. And the student said, this is going to kill me. It's going to make me sick. It's making me miserable. And the master said, well, here. And he gave the student one hair. It was a curly hair, a short curly hair. He said, give this to the monkey and tell the monkey to straighten the hair. And the monkey would straighten the hair and get it perfectly straight. And the moment he let go, the hair got curled up again. So he had to start over, and he would straighten the hair, straighten it, and get it perfectly straight. But the moment he let it go, it became curly again. So that monkey went back to straightening the hair, and this went on all through the night until the student woke up in the morning, rested, and he could say to the monkey, okay, now make me breakfast. And the monkey happily made breakfast. But when the student needed quiet time, when he needed space, when he needed to rest or he needed to sleep, 
he would give this curly hair to the monkey, and the monkey would get busy straightening it. It would curl back up, and he would straighten it again. And so the same with our monkey minds. We cannot make them stop, but we can give them a task to do that's repetitive, and it will keep that mind busy, and it will create spaces between the thoughts because now there is something to focus the attention on. And in doing so, we allow ourselves to rest. We allow our bodies to rest. We allow our minds to rest. We create spaces in our minds, spaces between our thoughts where inspiration, creativity, the very voice of God can enter. Because when monkey is in charge, there's not much room for anything to enter. So this is what we're talking about, that there is a value in creating that space between our thoughts. And in doing so, we allow for that creative power of our minds to have space, if you will, for that creativity, for inspiration, for possibilities, and if you will, for the very presence that is God. Space for divine inspiration, if you will. Deepak Chopra, a well-known spiritual teacher, wrote that the silent gap between your thoughts is your window to the cosmic mind. Or our own co-founder, Charles Fillmore, wrote, in the silence, spirit speaks truth to us. And that silence is that gap between our thoughts, that space between our thoughts. I've heard it said many times, you know, that even if we're praying, or let's say whatever we're doing, if we're in the middle of that monkey mind, that still small voice of God has no room to enter. The wisdom and the inspiration that is divine has no room to be known. But when we move into that silence, that space between our thoughts, that space between each breath, then we make room for that voice of God. Someone recently, while we were meditating, commented after the, the, the space between breaths, which is also a space between thoughts, was an experience of profound peace. Well, that profound peace is the presence of God. It's the voice of God expressing as peace. Charles Fillmore also wrote, I am in authority. I say to this thought, go, and it goes. And to another, come, and it comes. And this is based on a scripture in which a soldier 
came to Jesus and and believed that Jesus had the power to heal without having to make physical contact. He goes, I'm in charge with my soldiers. And I say to one, go, and it goes. I tell another one, come, and he comes. And Charles Fillmore is saying, that's the same with our thoughts. But we do not do that with clenched fists and stamping feet and demands. Our thoughts have a life of their own until we learn to create that space between our thoughts, that silence between each between two thoughts that we then can command our thoughts to come and go and there will be for us a result maybe not instantly but we will be able to create that authority within us Tiknat Hand another amazing teacher He had written so many things in his life. But he wrote, do your thoughts support your true intention in life? Do they? I mean, pause a moment. Are the things that run through your mind, the thoughts that go round and round in your mind throughout the day, do they support your intention in life? If no, if not, you need to push the reset button. And I found the most powerful reset button, again, is that silence, that space between thoughts. Thich Nhat Hanh also wrote, you have a choice. You have a choice. Your thoughts can make you and the world around you suffer more or suffer less. When we're at the mercy of monkey mind and the gut reactions and knee-jerk reactions that go along with that, we suffer more. When we allow our thoughts to emerge out of that space or that silence between thoughts, we choose then what we're thinking and we can choose to think that which aligns with our deepest desires. And we suffer less. So in the space between our thoughts, bottom line, we make room for God. In the space between our thoughts, we make room for God. And when we do that, we live from the divinity that is the truth of our being. And so it is. We hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support this podcast, you may do so at unityvacaville.org.